0: Praise God, amen. If we would turn our Bibles to Genesis 6, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, and we'll work down from there. Some of us will have Bibles, so we'll put it up on the screen in just a sec, praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. And the scripture says, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, And every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only continually evil. Or evil continually, I'm sorry. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man from whom I have created. From the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping of things, and the fowls of the air. For it repented me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you for Noah. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God, and Noah begot three three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And the Lord looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth, and God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And God began to speak to Noah. In the next verse, make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shall pitch in, pitch it within and without with pitch. And then going to we're going to skip down to verse. And we'll come back to the rest. Chapter 6, verse 22. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so he did. Praise the Lord. If you would pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word here today. We pray, Lord God, that you would bless this word, Lord, that it would come forth, Lord God. Your word is precious to us, Lord. It is like a sweet, sweet smell and aroma to us, Lord God. We thank you for the word. We pray for those, Lord God, who do not know you, Lord, that they would hear the gospel of your salvation, Lord Jesus, because we have. We've been blessed with that. Let our hearts also, Lord, let our ears remember, Lord, to pay close attention to your word, Lord. For every time you said, Lord God, verily, verily, Lord Jesus, it was to pay close attention to what you said. In your mighty name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Praise God. All right. God saves people who obey his word. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Amen. So I I know that... uh, God is good. Praise God. Amen. He never stops. So the title of the message is, Obedience That Saves. I just posted up. Praise God. Amen. And I like that image. Amen. Thank you, Lord. In 1998, a student by the name of Paul was working on a vehicle at Levo Tech Center in Fort Myers, Florida on Michigan Avenue, right down the street from where we are. Amen. He had been instructed by the instructor to thoroughly perform a checkpoint uh, within the vehicle before it was completed. And before it was completed and installing the wheels to come and get him due to the magnitude of the repair to avoid any problems. A month had passed due to the delay on parts needed and Paul proceeds to work on this required vehicle to get it done. Oh, praise the Lord. As he continues to walk, work on the vehicle, Paul steps out, step, brings the vehicle down, steps into the vehicle, turns the ignition on. And as he turns the ignition on, he steps out of the vehicle, going around to step in front of the hood to make to, just to check something out. And as he does, the car all of a sudden goes into an abrupt, an abrupt movement where it starts to back up. It moves out of the shop, through the parking lot. When it comes to a complete stop, where it comes contact with a car, Paul quickly gets into the vehicle, shuts the engine, shuts the engine off, and he saf- safely pushed back, pushed back into the shop and placed it on the lift with the wheels off, as he had been instructed before. Now Paul felt bad because of the accident that took place, and even though the the, the car that was parked uh, was hit and not don- it was donated by the school for teaching purposes, an unmanned moving vehicle was not. His regret came uh, soon enough and little too late. Praise God for his patience. His failure to obey the instructor caused damage to somebody's property, delayed the return of a vehicle, and hurt the reputation of the instructor in school. Paul's integrity was also damaged. People viewed him a little bit differently. They made fun of him every now and then. The good thing was that nobody got hurt nobody died. Praise the Lord. This vehicle became unoccupied. You might say, at least, uh, for the moment that it be- that it began to roll, that it began to roll back, and stopped. No one was there to impose his or her will upon it. It depicted the similar characteristics of a dirt derel- der- derelict, derelict vehicle. By the way, it's a new word that I just learned today. Praise God for that. <laughs> I'm trying to get it through, and it's basically it's it's a boat that travels. Uh, It's traveling, it's abandoned, perhaps because the captain is no longer on the ship or the vessel for some reason, whether he fell off or Lord knows what happened. Vehicles without an operator at a vehicle can become life-threatening to the surrounding people within its vicinity. So the term derelict, if I didn't say it that right, forgive me. I I did it, praise God, amen. (laughs) I got some scholars. (laughs) It was some six- is subsequently uh, used to depict a person, this word, particular word, uh, a culture that lacked discipline and direction. In some places, uh, they were known as derelicts. So somebody, if you were a derelict, uh, you had no order, you followed no. You had no, no place to go. Uh, there was no, nothing that held you accountable. There was no right and wrong. Uh, the chance of you having a home was slim to none because, again, you didn't want a paycheck. So refusing to, to work for a paycheck no engagement in society, uh, abandon the ways of life, responsibility, finances, and feeling empowered to do as you please whenever, wherever they're, empowered to do something with no rules. So derelict would be someone who has no, basically no rules and no boundaries. But let's consider, um, let's consider something here where, uh, in in this particular case with Paul, the chances of having uh, of engaging in so, or someone ha- being that way uh, is is a little bit on the I should say on the off side, simply because uh, we have learned to live a certain way. We have rules that we live by, and we govern, and not necessarily something that we hold as hard rules, but something that is is uh, been put in our hearts as the Word of God. God's word uh, governs our hearts and leads us into into righteousness, and if we follow His words and commandments, there'll be no failure. But another story uh, I want to bring I want to bring to light. Let's consider uh, you know in another in a different opposite different side, uh, the darkest chapters of of human history. The opposite something opposite happened during to the as far as the Holocaust. And I apologize for this nervous language here. A few brave men and women executed daring plans to rescue uh, a few, a fellow, some fellow humans, which means that when it came to do the right thing, they didn't abandon ship. World War II uh, ravaged many nations and people, people groups in the middle of atrocities. And for anyone who knows this, Oskar Schindler, a German, and a member of the Nazi party, he proposed a plan to, uh, to help these Jews escape Nazi Germany. Schindler's ability to connect with with people, with society—I'm I'm sorry, uh, of his society—gave him an advantage to help the Jewish people. His plan was thought out of sheer purpose of saving lives. Some of you may know it as Schindler's Plan. It is estimated that he saved about 1,200 people, uh, but in doing so, it it didn't—it wasn't something that just was easy. It came with a price. Through his well-structured plan, he was able to obtain permission to relocate his factories from Germany to Poland, and then to occupy them with the Jewish people who he did not really who did not really know how to run these factories or work in these factories. But he taught them. He lost money through bribery, through the teaching, the relocating of factories, the training, the help, and also, of course, soldiers to stop beating the Jewish people who worked for him. He allowed people to stay at the factory so that they would not be beaten or killed, saying they needed to be there. And he was arrested three times for stepping in and protecting the Jewish people, but never charged. We can identify by the, by the documents past events that Schindler would be far from being considered a derelict. I say that right. Praise God. Amen. Give me some high fives on that one. Praise the Lord. <laughs> the Jewish people made sure of that uh, when they took his body and buried it in Israel. So in honor of that, because he did something so great, they moved it. And they paid for it. The people, they honored him. Uh, his desire to help people that was, that was being hurt and, and persecuted in Israel, I'm sorry, of the Israel people, uh, moved the people of Israel. And it allowed them to, again, connect with him in such a way that when even in his death, they remembered him. There's a place where he's buried in Israel, and the people of Israel go there. They go there to remember that something great happened to them because one individual stepped in. And they take these stones, and they, and, they, and you can see the families, uh, they're, they're extended. It's, it's, a long, it's, it's, it's a long line, and each one comes over. And as they walk by his grave, each one has a stone, and they place it on top of his grave. And the only thing that came to my mind when I saw that, it almost looked like an altar, but I don't believe that was their thought. I believe it was just honor that we're bringing to him and rejoicing for what he had did. So in a spiritual sense, following God's plan, yeah, his word leads us to eternal salvation. The faith who chose their The faithful who chose their foundation wisely enjoy the peace, joy, and fulfillment that comes from being anchored to him who is Christ Jesus. But obeying God is not merely the safest choice for our personal benefit. It also brings us into alignment with him. To follow God and his word is to participate in the life of God, his desires, his purposes, the grandest and most fulfilling existence that we ever experience. Oscar Schindler died in 1974, penniless and almost unknown in 1974, which makes me wonder that they had to go looking for him and they couldn't find him. Yeah. Amen. Oscar Schindler obeyed his heart to help those in need that were persecuted. Schindler's life was, uh, was, a, di- was, it- was a different time and era when in comparison to Paul's life event who ran his car into the parking, you know, through the parking lot and into a car. Not to say that Paul would have not done the same, but he did fail to remember to take one some important precautions to protect himself and, more importantly, of others. There are some textbook rules that we do not abandon to protect the life of others as best as we can. Help the weak. Amen, amen. Praise God. All right, so moving in to the lesson so I'm going to go to, so if you want to uh, go into chapter 6, Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 through 7. And I'm going to, I'm going to kind of uh, talk about it a little bit. And it says here that God saw the wickedness of man and great was, and was great in the earth. And every imagination and the thoughts of his heart were only, con- only continually evil. And we know that in this, and I'm going to kind of walk through it. The, the corruption of man, it, God brings attention to us about that. And obviously, he's, he's angry. He wants to destroy this. And then skipping down to verse nine, 8 through 9, we see here, uh, we see that Noah finds grace in the eyes of God. And he has declared Noah just and perfect in his generations. And he, and, and he walked with God. And I believe uh, that God probably spoke to Noah about these things that were happening. You know, it's kind of a warning. And, and I'll, I'll share that a little bit more as we come down further down. And it says, now now Noah was living according to the word of the Lord, meaning he obeyed that which was taught and passed down to him by his father. Otherwise, uh, he if he wouldn't have been, I'm sorry, otherwise he would have not been found with favor, hence God's grace. And then skipping down, I know I'm skipping down, but don't you worry, we're getting somewhere. <laughs> skipping down to uh, verse 11. Through 13. Here we see again God mentioning the corruption and how He's going to destroy man with the earth. And He says, For all flesh, again, has corrupted His way upon the earth. Nowhere do we see Noah complaining. He was just listening and just waiting. Going down to verse 14 through 16. (laughs) And this is one of my favorite ones because it caught my attention on what you know and, and I know the, the the whole picture of Noah and, and the ark and the building and it was it was instructional and, but here here I learned something uh verse here 14:16 God is now giving Noah a command and he obeys it to the letter and I'm sure otherwise we wouldn't be here He gives the instruction as to what to make it from the length the height and the width a window at the top a door on the side and I want three stories. And Noah got to it. I find it interesting, though, that, that the pitch was put within and without. Within and without. And I started to think, should should not Noah have not covered or applied this pitch, uh, as instructed, he'd have had some serious leaks. It had gone down. But it also would have been out of obedience. And it would have gone down anyway. Pitch is basically a type of tar used to seal the ark. Uh, this boat was was waterproof basically, and it was covered in it. What was outside was being cleansed for 40 days. That's another thought. And what was inside was acceptable in the eyes of God because Noah was found righteous because the Lord declared it. In the same way, God gives us a vessel to dwell in temporarily, but we have to co- and we have to cover it with the righteousness of jesus christ in baptism in his name so that his righteousness is within us and we are not affected by the externals god made a vessel our body and covered it while everything around it was washed away our sins and the only reason the vessel remained is because the righteousness of god dwelt in it and that was a th- one of the one of the thoughts that God brought to me that the vessel, that ark sat in that place for a moment. I should for 40 days. And in doing so, it never went down because what was in it was preferred by God. Everything else outside it was not. And should it not have not been prefer, preferred by God, then it would have probably made its, the water made its, would have made its way in. But it didn't. Praise the Lord. All right, so moving to verse 18. Noah's hearing what a person, uh, what of a good report he hears. Uh, you're going to live, but I need you to do all these things. So God, again, God's still talking. He's still speaking to Noah here. He says, but with thee I will establish my covenant. These are the good news. And thou shalt, this is after again. You know, this is all that's going to happen. I will establish my covenant. And thou shalt come into the ark, thou, thy sons, and thy wife. Thy sons' wives and thee. and of every living, of all flesh, two of every sort shall you bring. Did I skip one? No. Shall you bring in the ark to keep them alive? So he couldn't keep; he couldn't let them die. With thee, they shall be male and female. The fowls, uh, of fowls after their kind, and of and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth, after his kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive and take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten and that shall gather it it to thee and it shall be food to thee and for them so again here's Noah. he's still working it's not it's not over yet the ark is built it took 120 years to build that thing and as we know Noah preached for 120 years and I know I heard someone say this, and I'm going to repeat it. And nobody heard. And I'm sorry, they all heard, and nobody came. Nobody came. And then in verse 22, and finally verse 22, Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. So when, when Noah built the ark, well, while Noah was building the ark, it took him 120 years to build the ark. In building the ark, it, he didn't just build the ark. Again, he was preaching to the people, hey, uh, hear my voice. Uh, there's going to be something that's going to happen, and I want you guys to, to know about this. But they didn't believe it because at that time, and uh, it's interesting, you know, having Bible studies at home, you learn some few things that you, you miss when you read Scripture, is that at that point in time, there was no rain, and everything everything that was watered came from the dew of the earth. So they didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. They didn't take to it. Just like we have people today that don't take to the coming back of Jesus Christ. They don't believe it. They don't see it. And it doesn't mean that they're condemned. We know that they have the opportunity to still come to the Lord as we do, as we have. So in saying that, I'm going to take it to Genesis 18. I know we're not done yet, guys. Chapter, chapter 8 verse 50 through 20 we find that God has cleansed the earth and made it free from wickedness of man. God tells Noah to come out of the ark and in verse 20 he reads this. And Noah built an altar Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took now again God told him to come out. I should have said that. But he took every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Okay? Now, earlier I said that uh, that there was a fear trembling within Noah when all these things were happening. And I'm going to take you to Hebrews 11, 7. By faith, Noah being warned of God, by being warned of God of things not seen as yet, and again, because the people hadn't seen it, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir to of the righteousness which is by faith. And this is Noah. Praise the Lord. And Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4 through 5. For if God prepared not the angels, I'm sorry, spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness uh, to be reserved unto judgment and spared not the old world, but saved Noah and the, the eighth person, a preacher of of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Amen. So here God makes, is we're clear that God is making judgment against the people that have turned away from the ways of the Lord. And coming back, Noah was a righteous man. He was seen as righteous because he stood out from all the others. Every day, God gives us the opportunity to stand out from all the others as well. I don't believe Noah completely enjoyed being in that ark with all those animals, but I'm pretty sure he was pretty happy and glad that he lived. I can't imagine uh, that because of the entire world, uh, you know, the decision God made was to destroy because of the world, that he would destroy it in this sense. But the truth is that I don't have to imagine it because I know that it's true. In doing so, people will challenge the thought of the ark because they don't understand and cannot see yet the purpose on what God has done and prepared us for. If people would go to the Grand Canyon, they would see these examples of rock where rock is being eroded. And, um, and exposing the layers of rock, showing that there, is, there was at one point a type of flood of some sort, which is, we know, that is the flood of Noah when God decided to flood the earth and destroy everything. And the question is that I ask, when, when, will, when will enough evidence be enough? Next time we look at the Grand Canyon, ask yourself, what else could create something so huge? God gave a warning for the flood. God gives us a warning here today. He gives us the ability to become righteous in his, eyes, in his eyes through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This thing he did was not something that was just in vain. It was to bring us closer to him. It was to save us. It was to help us understand that blood is powerful. Avoiding the, ju- avoiding, it, it also, it, another thing it allows sense to is that it helped us avoid judgment to come. And it also gave us an escape plan. And that escape plan is in his word. The Bible says that Noah obeyed the Lord and he was saved and his entire family. They were all on the same page. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, going on. Short story here. Amen. No, not different. It's different. It's a little bit of an analogy here. A little story here. And then I'll finish off in just a little bit. 19-year-old girl, and that girl had had, um, had come from a dysfunctional home where she had been mistreated and unappreciated because of poverty, limited education, hardly any work experience. Her hope for ever having a better life was non-existent. Then he came, then he came along. He was polite, well off gainfully employed and interested in the beautiful young lady, who now sat opposite, uh, opposite him at the candlelit table in the high-end restaurant. Their relationship progressed. They felt comfortable uh, with each other. They had some. Uh, they had. Oh yeah, they had some interest. They had survived lovers' quarrels, and they both felt ready for something more substantial. Knowing this, the young man had gone to a great deal of trouble reserved the table, and prepared the perfect proposal. After sharing a perfect, not-too-sweet chocolate dessert, he dropped to one knee. He then looked lovingly into the eyes and said, you mean, you mean everything to me. I love you dearly and want to commit my life uh, to making you happy. Will you marry me? The young man proposed. Her answer took his breath away. It seemed so cold calculating, and self-serving, when she bluntly queried, if we marry, do I have to kiss you and go to places with you in public? Will you expect me to remain faithful to you alone? Will I have to publicly refer to you as my husband? Do I have to give you a long-term commitment? His disappointment was crushing In his mind, the invitation to marry was not uh, to have to, but the proposition was you get to. You probably guessed that the evening did not end well. The relationship died a terrible death. It's critical we view salvation with the right perspective. God promises to to be faithful and graceful towards us, both now and forever. He invites us to be Uh, to be part of his incredible kingdom. Yet many people respond like the girl in the story. They ask questions like, do I have to be baptized Mm, to be saved? Do I have to speak in tongues and live a holy life? Such questions are preposterous in the light of the amazing offer God is making. How sad when people discuss salvation in terms of what we have to do. Salvation is not a have-to thing. It is a get-to thing. When we follow God's word and accept and receive his invitation to salvation, we get to enjoy infinite rewards both both now and in eternity. Praise God. And in closing, our obedience to God, God's word, protects us from the surrounding chaos God brings upon the world. And since we are who are an since we are still here, we experience it. We must learn to resist the things of the world uh, if we have not yet. Noah was protected from the destruction that was brought upon the earth by the Lord. Even though the Lord brought the destruction, the Lord still protected him from that destruction. Some people wonder, oh, I'm sorry, some people wonder, well, how does God protect us today as he did in, the, in Noah's day? Our trust and obedience in God's word is what protects us. The word declares that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I declare that as I, I was a non believer, and I stand in the midst of believers here today as a man in weakness but empowered by the Spirit of the living God, and his name is Jesus. Praise God. Would you look to a person close to you and repeat after me? I will obey God's word. And enjoy the salvation he gives. Amen. Amen. Even in the trials of our lives, let us always remember to say, I know the Lord is with me. It is in my trials he puts me through, the Lord reminds me. As the psalmist said, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God saves people who obey his words. Can we start to sing and give God praise? God is worthy of worship. He's worthy of honor. There is no other God like him. As a matter of fact, there is no God like him. He is the one and only. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. How is our God. Oh, he's great. You are great, Lord Jesus. How great is